Hey everybody and welcome to another episode of We Are No Alamo, the mental health podcast. We want to shape the future by talking about mental illness, MI, and reduce negative stigma associated with mental health. We Are No Alamo, the mental health podcast is dedicated to building better lives for everyone affected by MI by opening up the conversation. Our mission is to spread the word about the importance of mental health awareness and suicide prevention. We seek to build a community of acceptance, connection, and hope. And each week, this podcast provides a stigma-free zone for people to share their stories and help others, especially those in crisis situations. Remember, we want you to stay with us because you are not alone and we are no Alamo. Happy Friday, everybody. Welcome to another episode of We Are No Alamo. Thank you all for joining us again. I know we said we had put it out on Wednesday, but um, we're moving and other stuff right now, and sometimes life gets the better of you, and uh, you think you can do more than you can. It's very true. (laughs) We are not superheroes. We We, want to be, but we aren't. We would love to be superheroes. Who wouldn't want to be Wolverine? Oh my gosh, I would love those abs so bad. I know you would as well. Okay, Matthew, why don't you give us an intro about what we've been up to lately? Yeah, so it's been a it's a bit of a hectic month. I mean, for the both of us here, like we uh, we're moving into a new apartment, um, fantastic place. We're really excited about that. But on top of that, you know, um, transitioning in different phases of your life. Like I uh, I started a new job where, you know, I'm, I'm creating a new thing, and uh, it's pretty um, time consuming in a good way. Um, I love it, but you know. Um, you think about it, like you think the top like ten things you can be doing in life um, that are major stressors. We're doing like four of them right now. So I know. <laughs> <laughs> so we've been uh, it's been a little chaotic up here in the the the, the Paige and Hutchins household. That's <laughs> exactly. So one of the main, or like you mentioned, what are they? Financials, moving, new job, getting mm-hmm. laid off. Um, getting married or divorced, I think, is up there. Um, moving, like I, I honestly can't remember the rest of them. There's just a lot of them. Like, the top is. ten are pretty. They're not typical. They happen to all of us time to time. But we had about four of them all happen at once. So exactly. it's been a, it's been a little bit. And then like birthdays and all that stuff. Hanging out with family and relatives. Oh, yeah. Happy birthday to me! Happy I bir- turned thirty. Yup, yup. Hopefully, I- I'll be sixty. Happy birthday <laughs> to me one day. Hopefully, more like ninety. Hopefully. <laughs> So today on the podcast, we are going to be talking a lot about um, the influence social media and the news is having currently on spreading awareness about mental health and how many people are coming out. Every day I hear a commercial or, you know, I can't remember who said it, but I'm like, I wish I could talk more openly about mental health. So to start, we are going to do our social media shout out um, last week. Like we said, we have been so busy, and I really want to get to your comments and your stories. So, um, number one, last week we um, put out a post on Instagram, and I asked, um, as the Monday motivation, what's your goal that you want to accomplish in the next 24 hours? And shout out to Mackenzie Greer. Follow her on MC. K-E-N-Z-I-E-G-R-E-E-R. 
She is a great artist. She says that her mesher is going to be going to bed by 10 p.m. without any electronics, cell phones, TV, etc. for a solid night's sleep. This one is especially hard for me. So shout out, Mackenzie. I hope that yeah. you were able to do that. You know, That's- that is tough. I mean, like I know in today's age, I'm not as much of a digital person as some. Mm-hmm. I, I'm kind of a technophobe. But technophobe. But if I include, welcome to the podcast, you know, it's tech. Yep. <laughs> but if I couldn't go to sleep without my nook, you know, like or something like that to help me go to sleep some nights, I completely understand. Like you know, you get that last little solace. Blue light props. Yep. Or like you know, a lot of people when they first wake up in the morning, the first thing they do is check their phone. Right. You know, like cutting that stuff out is hard. But I mean, I've tried to cut it out in the mornings as much, and it's still You've actually done really a hard. Good job. I've gotten though. better. I've I'm not checking. I don't have working on my phone anymore. But also I cut because that out. I yell at you if you check your phone in the morning. I'm you like, do. Dad, it's great. Blue light off. I know it's five a.m. You have to get to work, but gosh darn, please! It's too early for lights. I don't want to migraine <laughs> this early. But no, like we used to talk about that at my last job, and you know, like. When you're waking up and the first thing you do is checking your work email, you're already working. You're already getting stressed out the first thing in the morning. Take that time to refresh yourself. Like right. I've read a lot of articles about this, a lot of people talking about the benefits of taking the time without your tech mm-hmm. in the morning and the evenings. My so mom shout out to her. just made that um, commitment to herself to wake up. She has a beautiful dingo dog named William Wonka. He's not really a dingo. He won't eat your baby, but (laughs) he's like, I don't know what he is, but he's an awesome hyper mutt. And she loves him. So they have coffee on the couch in the morning and my mom doesn't check her phone until she's had her coffee. All right. Next social media shout out Parker Smith. My very good skillful friend. Our friendship has gone through a lot of ups and downs and she wrote a very inspirational post last week that I need to share with everyone out there who is starting to deal with MI, has been recently diagnosed, or is just trying to understand everything. So Parker Smith writes, today I caught myself in the middle of a manic episode. I was able to calm down and be like, okay, Parker, maybe dropping all your money and going to LA isn't a healthy idea. True, Parker, I love you. But I thought further and realized a lot of people don't know what a manic episode is or feels like. I'm basically the, this entirely, I'm basing this post entirely off my own experience with bipolar disorder. Everyone's experience is different, but I figured it would be helpful to share. Manic episodes can range from being off the wall kind of hyper to really irrational and or irritable. Carrie Fisher describes mania as, Liquid confidence. Everything that you do feels charms and feels sort of like the best idea you've ever had in your life, which can be fun, but can also be really detrimental. There have been episodes in the past where I've been delusional, dropped all of my healthy relationships, spent all of my money, and didn't sleep for like two days. These are typically common symptoms of a manic episode. It seems fun, but there are times I felt really scared too, almost out of body. People who don't struggle with MI, even people really close to me, are quick to dismiss manic episodes as just being hyper. If you have friends who struggle with MI, be sure to look for signs of mania like lack of sleep, risky behavior, which includes financial risky behavior, you know, spending more money, sexual risky behavior, drugs or alcohol, etc., overconfidence, or starting way too many tasks and not finishing any of them. Anyways... I hope this helps y'all, period. Parker, 
Thank you so much for sharing. Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, it brings me back to a, a time. Um, I, I had a good friend. He will remain nameless. And I had a, a group of buddies. And um, every Sunday morning, we would go to breakfast and we'd go to um, um, a meeting together. So um, we would get up in the morning and we would go. Um, and, you know, a few times my friend, like, and she was suffering with bipolar. And I remember one time specifically, you know, he didn't understand how to behave. Like he just thought it was okay to start yelling and screaming in the middle of public in the restaurant thinking it was funny. Mm-hmm. And we all, but you know, it took him being around people who didn't have his disability or his MI to understand that, you know, to come down and it took people around him that were strong enough to be like, dude, this is not appropriate behavior. You need to bring it down a notch. Or, I mean, because at some point in time there's a difference between wise compassion and kind compassion exactly and it was compassionate it, it was, you know depends being, on where they are yep. in but the times you you need those good strong people around you who you can trust and love to be able to help you when you can't see things for yourself right because a lot of times we can't see the things that we're doing but someone on the outside looking in can be like hey dude someone's up and that's the importance of making skillful friends right mm-hmm. like that's why I'm so thankful for Parker I've known her Almost a year. Actually, over a year. Happy friend anniversary, Parker. I'm very thankful that you're my neighbor and that you gave me the book Marbles by Ellen Forney to read because it is a great read, everybody. It's all about mania. It's kind of a a graphic novel in a way. And Parker gave me that book and I read it and I took it to the hospital and I was able to share it with people, Nikki, my other, my roommate in the hospital and that love just spread, you know, it's an awareness book and everything that you just said kind of, you know, definitely adds to that. All right, moving on. It's time for hashtag M and M. That's Matthew's moment. Do you like my jingle for you i'll work on it it's fine i see your face All yes right. Matthew's i love moment. it it's amazing <laughs> it's the best thing ever so i say anything else i'm a dead man <laughs> oh my god <laughs> yeah it is whole this whole part of the skillful thing so matthew's moment what's it gonna be you know i'm i just think about what you just talked about right um i think a great thing about having friends who have mi is that they understand you to an extent Right. Uh, but I think when you're in, like with AA or NA or CA or any of those, um, I think when you get yourself surrounded by people who see everything the exact same and might not be quote unquote normal, we lose sense of what it is. So we start to think that what we're thinking and the way we're acting is normal. So I think one of the best things you can do as someone with MI like myself is to have friends who don't. Not just surround yourself with people who have the same disorder as you or disability as you or, you know, have the same life issues as you. Because like I'm trying to with creating skillful yeah, friends. And I'm like, exactly. I agree with you because, with that. Because otherwise you're just going to be putting yourself in the same situations with people who don't see things the same way that the rest of society does. I mean, how many times does it come up when you go out and you think what you're doing is fine, but everyone else around you is like, that's crazy. And mm-hmm. you're like, well, this is how we act with my friends because – as skillful friends, you think it's okay to do whatever it is. Like the story I was just talking about my friend at dinner. Well, that's not necessary. It's not okay to do whatever it is. As a skillful friend, you reach out I and underst- you do yes, exactly. but, these things that you've been but taught. There, exactly. You do things you were taught. 
But when you surround yourself with like-minded people all the time, same thing we go with politics or other things, you start to think that however you're behaving because everyone else is doing it around you is normal. When that's not the case most of the time. So it's nice to have a diversity of friends and diversity of people around you. I totally agree. You know, having people with you. And, and that's and that's one of the things I, you know, um, with some of the group therapy. It's great. I, I'm a big fan of AA. I think it's amazing. It's amazing for a million people. But the problem is a lot of times when you're stuck in rooms with people who who've done the same things and this and that, you don't hear a lot of the outside voices. Yeah, and we talk a lot about globalism nowadays, especially in the nonprofit world, which is what I studied and, you know, what I wrote my article on. It's you, what I hear you saying is you don't want people to, you know, close themselves off so much just to be able to understand themselves that one day you're going to have to open up. Well, I think when you close yourself off and you surround yourself with people who are just like you, you don't open up ever. You can't because you're not exposed to anything outside of your your truth. And so, you know, in society. Well, let me, let me come at you with this. People with MI like myself, I mean. And myself. And yourself. It has been a year mm-hmm. to the date of April 1st that I was um, inpatient in the mental hospital Mm -hmm. and I put myself there because I knew I needed observation. This whole year has been a growing experience by meeting people and meeting skillful friends in order to be healthy. And now I think I am at the best baseline ever. So now I think I am growing and you've seen this making friends outside of the MI community. And you know what? It takes time, especially when you don't have that comfort blanket of people understanding if you have anxiety and can't go to Chili's and eat chicken tenders. Yeah. But that's, <laughs> but, that's, but that's also the point. It's, a, it's part of actually growing. When, right. you, when it's the same thing. So like is it, take a drug addict, for example, right? Um, you know, when you're, on, when you're doing drugs with all your friends who are doing drugs, you think that's completely normal because that's your subsection of the population. You don't realize that what you're doing is abnormal because everything around you is normal to you. So getting out of that and being around people who are seeing things differently helps you in and of yourself see the world in a different place. And that's extremely important. Um, and so for me, it's, it's about broadening horizons and not staying pigeonholed. It's about trying to explore and do different things with new people. You've done a great job, Paige. I'll use your example. Like so. some of the th- like some of the people like that, that she's validation. met, you know, some of the people she's met, like recently. Um, I'm not saying that no one else before wasn't great friends. I mean, it's rock solid. But like meeting people who are exact nothing like you, who aren't necessarily. We've been together for almost a year, so yep. you've seen this growth from the very beginning. And I'm I'm proud of the fact that you're willing to take the chance on meeting people who don't have MI because they might not understand you, but you don't care. You'll still talk to them about it. Right. Um, you know, I'm a little I bit more reserved. Care. That is why I talk no, to them but, about it. But I'm you, hearing it. I'm hearing it. Yeah. You're, semantics. Um, I can go on that all day, <laughs> but you know, I think it's, it's important to get around people who are going to improve your life, not those who are going to stay, you keep you stagnant. Right. And I think that is the difference. So, you know, like being around successful people, people who do what it takes to survive and to succeed, not just dwell. And I, I've noticed in my own personal experience when I've been around too many people who were gone through the same things that I have is we ended up just fucking dwelling. Pardon my language, everybody. I try not to cuss on the show. But and so that was my experience. Um, All right. And that has been Matthew's moment because. Done and done. I think it's a perfect segue into 
Dun, the dun, last dun. Dun, 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 dun. The meat of this podcast. Thank you for sharing, Matthew. I You're welcome, you Mrs. Whalen. Mrs. Whalen? <laughs> That's my mother's name. <laughs> <laughs> I won't cut it. I just... Mom. You're going to cut that? No, I'm really not. Okay, so... Like we said at the beginning, Matthew and I are moving into a new place together, and it's very exciting. And one of and scary as hell. It's so scary. And I was telling him earlier, you know, I put a box together. And I just started crying, and I just cried, cried, cried because we made so many good memories here. And I just want to make better memories in our next place. And I know that's going to be good. And I'm really proud of myself for how I'm handling this. Me too. Mentally. Because it's been really hard for both of us. Paige yeah. has been better at hiding it, I think, than me. Um, I compartmentalize better. But we've had some fights and shout out structures bomb, call your mom. Or don't. Uh, don't do it. <laughs> don't call your mom after like 930 at night. Trust me. When the fight is real. Don't anyway, do it. But we're not fighting. We're... We're not able to communicate because we are so ramped up because there's so much going on and we are experiencing these hard things. Um, but one of the cool things today was we were moving stuff from the old apartment to the new apartment. And Matthew called me. was like, are you listening to NPR? And I was like, hell yeah, I am. We're talking or they're talking about a psychotherapist goes to therapy and gets a taste of her own medicine. And Lori so is writing or wrote this book that says maybe you should talk to someone. And I was like, we need to hang up because we're driving. <laughs> <laughs> we will talk about this when we get home. Um, so Thank you. Hands free devices. I love it. So um, NPR did this. Um, episode interviewing this therapist. Her name is Lori Godelieb. What's that? Another shout out to Two Guys on Your Head on NPR. Get a chance. Listen. It's a great podcast as well. You you definitely want to listen to that too. Go on. review, subscribe. Yes. To We Are No Alamo and Two Guys on Your Head. Yep. (laughs) So she um, has been a psychotherapist um, by trade and she went through a really hard breakup with um, this guy she'd been seeing for two years, I think, and all of a sudden her kids were going to go to college and he didn't want to be a father for 10 years. And all of her friends were like, he's such a dick, blah, 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 blah. Um, and she thought that she was going to marry him. And when he unexpectedly broke up with her, it shattered her sense of the present and her future. She said her reaction was the reaction that everybody is told all the time with this guy is such a jerk. He dodged a bullet, you know, blah, blah, blah. But she said as a therapist, she really needed to go to therapy because she wasn't able to sleep. It was getting to her, it was getting to her kids or whatever. And I'm like, maybe you should talk to someone in her book. Um, she thought that she just needed a few sessions. And I think that's what a lot of us feel. I know that's what most people feel. I mean, like, you and I have talked, and we've had these conversations, like, go on, Paige, I'm gonna, I'll rant again. <laughs> no, but I think that you have a bigger voice in this situation, because you saw, which therapist did you see for five years? Or Dr. Something? Weber, I saw him from 2006 to 2012, every other week, every week for the first two months, three months, and then every other week for the next, like, five and a half years. And... Were you expecting to see him for yeah. half a decade? Yeah. Oh, you were. Okay, so this is very different. Yeah, so you I expected. Knew that you're... I, I mean, from everything I understood at that point in time, 
was therapy's long term. It's not. It's incremental. It's not. And and that's what a lot of people like. That was I guess you didn't have this thing because you're like, oh, you go three sessions and you're good. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, now nah, you go for years because it, what's causing the stuff is never what you think it is, and that's what she talked about. Right. It's you go there for a red herring. Oh, I I broke up with my boyfriend or my fiance and I broke up or we're having some marital issues. But there's so many underlying causes that we don't think about or talk yeah, about. And they're minimizing their problems is a big thing. That we she's all minimize about. our problems. And one of the big things, if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, which if you haven't, you will now because we love you. Remember, you know, <laughs> but one of the major things that my mother has always, um, you know, told us growing up is that pain is pain. And you don't use it as an excuse to not move forward and be a better person or be able to fix things that are fixable, right? So one of the main takeaways that I took from this interview was that pain is pain. And, you know, what did she say? That um, at least you had a miscarriage and it wasn't a child when they're eight years old and you've actually had a relationship with your child. You know, that doesn't make it better. So she was talking about things like, yeah, I had a breakup with my boyfriend, but it wasn't a divorce. And she had to come to the realization that pain is pain. Yep. And, you know, that's something that, I mean, it's it's a natural thing to be like, there's different kinds of pain, right? Like, and right. I've, I've said that. I remember when I first went to therapy, I was saying that a lot. I was like, you know, even though I've had some horrendous things happen to me, what I went there for wasn't for those things. Um, we ended up talking about and working through a lot of it. Um, but at the same time, it wasn't why I went there. I went there for, hey, I, I need a release. Maybe this will help. But right. I didn't, I mean, I knew it was going to be a long haul because I knew enough friends who had been in therapy already. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, there's no such thing as instant gratification when it comes to your issues. Right. It's so true. It's like the Amazon business model. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it takes a long time. You got to lose a little to gain a lot. Yep. And like and what she said, I liked a lot. She talked about, you feel like you're taking three steps back for every step forward. Sometimes you'll feel like you're moving forward and you're I moving like backwards. This. And... I was bitten by a raccoon <laughs> while running. I know we're almost done, but I talked to the guy today and I said, you know, it's two steps forward, one step back, but at least you're moving forward, even if it's not as quickly as you would like. Well, and I think that taking your time with therapy is the right way to go. Exactly. And that's, and that's, and that's something that I think a lot of people have debates about, right? But it's long-term maintenance and it's long-term health and growth. And when you finally make, you feel, when you finally start getting to that threshold, it makes all the difference. It doesn't matter if it happens tomorrow or if it happens 10 years from now. Who cares? Right. You're going to get there. It just takes time. And understand, like, it takes a long time to create a rhythm for your own narrative and your own voice for talking about the hard things. So when you're trying to find a therapist, it really is like therapist shopping and don't feel bad about that. Oh, and I've also, just so you guys all know, be transparent about this. I've also, since that's all that therapist, I've seen two others for each about six to eight months each. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really good, Matthew. This is new info. Mm-hmm. I love you so much more now. Mm-hmm. I don't know about that, but I love I you too. Love you. But no, so, so like, cute. you know, therapy is great. Um, it's hard. But you, and the thing is, a lot of times you go into it and you're only, um, so I have a tattoo that says freedom on my wrist because you're only as free as you choose to be. Um, I did get that from AA. It says in Gaelic, but you know, I got that from AA. And long story short, it means, so when you go to therapy, you're only going to get what you put into it. 
Like if you're not honest, and a lot of times like she was talking about it, people don't tell the truth at first. People don't want to be honest. People say, don't want to know themselves. They don't want to seem boring to the therapist. No, they don't want they to They don't seem... want their therapist not to like them. Yep. Well, and also a lot of times it's, she also said people don't want to see that in themselves. Right. We're close to our own inadequacies or our own issues. And like she said in the relationship, she didn't realize Idiot all the compassion versus wise compassion. Yep. Which idiot compassion is like from your friends. Like, yeah, he's a jerk. He's a sociopath. Well, like, blah, blah, blah. Well, and wise compassion is from an actual therapist. Yeah, which friends shouldn't probably do as often unless you really know what you're doing. But like, Not wise compassion because yeah, it's... It's hard. But no, but like even on I top of that... DBT. Like, you have to understand a lot more than what we know. Like... And a lot of people go into therapy wanting to get something. They want their therapist, like she said, her exact words were, they want their therapist to be like, yeah, he's a jerk, or yeah, she's You're a right. jerk. You're right. But that's not their job. Their job is to try to find the underrooting cause. Here's and, a mirror. Yep. Let's look at it from a different angle. And the thing is, most of the time, what we don't, what we don't want to see is that we are a problem in and of ourselves. The other person might have done something wrong too, but both people have a part to play. Like I know in my divorce, it wasn't just me. Right. Like I can look at it now. I know for a fact I did wrong. She did wrong. We both weren't happy. Like we both. And I loved the- at the end when she was like kind of defending him. Like, no, yeah. it wasn't just him. It was me. Well, and that's the truth. It never and is one segue person. into mastery and self suit. Yes. Let's do that. All right. What's your it's mastery self suit? Well, I'm going to finish moving this weekend. That's my mastery I mean, and self suit. It's both of our high five. You know that honestly, this well, a- there we go. Yeah. Like this. <laughs> yeah. That's all I want. I want to get this move and start unpacking. And we're doing really well. No, we're, we're, Flying. I've been crying a lot, yes. but also I'm on a lot of antibiotics and anti-rabies vaccines. <laughs> but also, um, self-soothe, definitely going to be unpacking in the new place. I'm going to take a bath in the new place. It's the first thing I want to do. And we then have two bathtubs. We're so bougie. I know. I'm so excited. I, Moving on up. <laughs> I just can't wait. I mean, I just can't wait to just relax in the new place. That's it. That's it. Make new memories with you. Yep. It's going to be such a self-soothe. Um, also everybody, please keep rating, reviewing, subscribing, and commenting yeah. wherever you get your podcasts. It's been incredible this past month. It's Ask really Ask us questions, up. please. Anything whatsoever. We will, we will dig for the information. We are not professionals, but we will find the articles to share with you. Exactly. Um, we will do, we are both researchers by nature. Mm-hmm. Um, it's what we do. And we want to offer resources to you yep. wherever you get help, wherever you can get help. So remember that you are not alone because we are no Alamo. Have a great weekend, y'all. Are you going to say ciao, Poopsie? Ciao, Poopsie. It's a mutation of the happy gene, so it improves more of the good feelings. She's immune to pain. Wait, what are you talking about? You didn't listen to the story after that, did you? No, I was only listening about mental health. Yeah, no, so there's a, a discovery... And it's been talked about before, but this lady went, had to get a hand surgery, right? Yeah. And it wasn't she was in pain. She was lacking mobility. The doctor's like, you're not in any pain. He's like, no. And she's like, okay. This well, is after surgery or during just, or? Let me finish the story. All right. And she told the doctor, she's like, you know, before the surgery, she's like, you know, that doesn't hurt at all. He's like, I don't, usually everyone comes here with pain. That's why we end up having this, but you're just lacking. She's like, no, I just can't move it so well to have surgery. She's like. So again, afterwards, you're going to be on some painkillers, and I was like, I, I won't need them. He's like, I don't believe you. She was 70? She is 70? I don't, age, I didn't mention an age. Wait, I did watch this then, for a minute, because she had, like... I don't, I, I listened to her NPR, I've never seen anything about her, so I don't know what she would look like. 
Okay. But long story short, she has a mutation on the happy gene, which gives her like, like she never gets she can't she can't get depressed, and she honestly she doesn't feel pain. So like there's times when she's been cooking, she's a vegetarian, and so there's never meat in the house. But she'll reach across the oven and burn herself, and she'll only notice it because she'll smell the burning flesh. And then she also oh heals twice as fast because of the same production of the excess muscle, like the like the positive endorphins and stuff. So she can't get depressed and she doesn't feel pain. And so after the surgery, she needed no narcotics. She healed twice as fast as other people. Healed? Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, okay. Aging offers women enormous possibilities for it. Blah, 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 well, that's blah. not the article. Oh, wait. Put in the happy gene Scotland. Okay. Happy gene Scotland. Oh, it's BBC. Of course it's BBC. Woman who doesn't feel bad. Oh, she's so cute. She looks like Professor McGonagall. A little bit. Joe Cameron only real... Well, it's in British. Releases? R-E-L-I-S-E-S. Realizes. <laughs> Her skin is brown. Ooh, okay. It's the only one of two people in the world known to have a wear... This mutation. Never feels mutant. anxious or afraid. Never. It wasn't until she was 65 she realized she was different. Doctors couldn't believe she didn't need painkillers after a serious operation. Oh my god, yeah. Surgery on her hand. She should expect pain. Wait, this woman has just been like living her best life her whole life and not realizing like everyone has problems. She's like, oh, well, I hope she was a bright light in people's lives. So she needs to reproduce. I know, right? <laughs> She's- 70. Well, they're thinking this could actually lead to a lot of breakthroughs with other things. Oh, once diagnosed, Joe realized she wasn't just incredibly healthy. Looking back, I realized I had needed painkillers my whole life, and if you didn't need them, you don't question why you don't. Exactly. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so funny. She didn't even feel pain during childbirth. Holla. <laughs> Someone <laughs> gather this woman's, like, what is it called? Spinal well, fluid. Well, like, the thing is, if I keep, like, Think about for certain... Like, Joe does the Scotch Bonnet Chili Challenge. Oh my gosh, they're making her eat hot things? No, she chose to. To show that she doesn't feel it. Oh my gosh, this is crazy. Wouldn't change anything but thinks pain is important. Pain is there for a reason. It warns you. You hear alarm bells. Oh my gosh, all right. 